0: Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play, Suns fans, and welcome to the Suns Report Podcast. My name is John. I'm your host. I'm joined by my homie, Matthew. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, John? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. That's good to hear. We're recording this on a Saturday night. We just finished watching the Suns and the Bulls game. Yes. So coming off of a positive note going into Mm -hmm. our, uh, our weekly recap podcast that we're doing here. Had a couple beers because that's what we do. Had five beers. Yep. So this will always be fun. Yeah. You know, almost (laughs) slipped my wrist in your bathtub after that first half. Yeah. That first half was a tough one to watch. (laughs) And and we'll get to that here. Uh, And I told you, that's our guest bathroom, man. We never would have found you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome everybody to the podcast. Uh, Again, if you get a chance, make sure you subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun's podcast network, wherever you get your pods. Hit us up on Twitter, at The Suns Report. Hit me up on Twitter, at Darth Voida. Matthew, you're at Matthew Lissy, right?
1: At Matthew Lissy, yeah. It's
0: uh, it's been a rainy day here in Phoenix, so I'm just going to snuggle up with this here cerveza. Hold on. Ah, yeah. And we're going to talk about The Suns in our Week 18 Recap Podcast. 2018 is now officially behind us it feels like forever ago but the all-star game was about a week ago and we haven't had a chance to actually sit and talk about it and it's probably been discussed at nauseam but you know what it hasn't been discussed by us so let's talk about the ASG first and foremost do you like the layover in between games in the NBA due to the all-star break because it feels like it was a long time without a Suns game
1: it does, but I'm getting rest, and the players are getting rest, <laughs> and that is what is most important, man. What's
0: most important, you getting rest or them getting rest?
1: Both, because honestly, this isn't tough. What we do is, it's fun. Heck yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It's it's cool little break. Uh, we can focus on other things, little art projects, whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't go to Tahiti. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't go to Cancun players. in the off week, yeah, yeah. so. But it's, it's good, because it... it was one of my points going to the all-star break was just these players getting rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get that rest, come back fully energized and finish the second half of the season, so-called second half of the season, strong. So that's what kept me at ease these, <laughs> these days off is just because I know these players are getting rest.
0: Now, I feel you. And I, again, as a basketball fan, I want basketball every night if I can.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: And so it's kind of tough going almost, I think it was like nine days or something without a game. But to your point... It heals the team, it helps the team, and mm-hmm. that's the end goal is we want them to be happy and healthy as they play for us. Talking about the All-Star Game briefly, did you catch the three-point contest?
1: Yeah, I watched it. I actually, I watched before I boycotted it, and then I realized, you know what? First first off, really quick before we get into anything, I am sorry, Adam Silver. Um, I seriously went on a rampage against you thinking you ruined the NBA, you lost <laughs> the NBA, but this was the plan the whole time. Where you get the players you want in the game, and then you get Booker, and they're from a fake injury. That was brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, Silver. Because well, I, hit, I you're, watched
0: you're, it. You're going to not like Adam Silver momentarily when I I bring out a conspiracy for you. Oh, really? Yeah. But we'll talk okay. about that after we talk about the okay. three point contest. Fun to watch. Devin Booker almost won the damn thing. Buddy Hield had to hit what seven out of the last eight. Just to win the three point contest. Yeah,
1: his last rack, he had at least hit four out of five. I know that. Yeah, which so he, he did. Missed, he missed one, and then the last one, he had to make it, and he made it.
0: And sure enough, he did. But, anyways, I mean, it, again, it was great seeing Devin Booker out there representing. Yeah. He still, it just builds his respect factor outside of Phoenix. But, and, and that's what's yeah. fun about that.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I think he wouldn't be there in the three point contest if he was an actual All Star. He's at that point in his, in his career where he's. He's like, if I'm not going to make the All-Star Game, I don't want to participate in anything else. So he wouldn't have been there unless, you know, Dame Lillard went out, so he had to, like, replace him. Exactly. And
0: and he showed up and he showed out, which Mm -hmm. was appreciated. And then, of course, he also did so in the All-Star Game. Everybody's talked about the dunk that he did. Uh, What are your thoughts on the new format? Because I know that... Earlier in the season, when they first released it, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, come on. Stop with all the gimmicks. Stop the yeah. add this, subtract this, multiply this, divide this. I don't give a shit. Just play a freaking basketball game. And then I saw it, and I enjoyed it. What would you
1: do? That, yeah, everyone loved it. I, I loved it. Um, the thing is, too, I didn't understand it. I didn't. This is funny, because going <laughs> into the fourth quarter, I was watching it alone, and I was like, I don't even know the rules. What's going to happen in the fourth quarter? Because everyone keeps talking about the fourth quarter is going to be fun. I had to actually look it up because I didn't even look into it. After D-Book was snubbed, I didn't care. I didn't want anything to do with it. So hearing the rules even before that, I was like, okay, I know each quarter is its individual game. Yeah. Like so on, so on. But the fourth quarter, I didn't understand. So I had to look it up. It was really actually kind of awesome. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was Everyone r- liked really
0: it. entertaining. I mean, yeah. they actually played. And I feel like they always actually play in like the last five minutes of an NBA All-Star game. Whereas in this game they competed for that last quarter like it was intense mm-hmm. it was really really fun to watch it, was. it went it was really long I think yeah. actual airtime it was like 42 minutes of just real time that it took that fourth quarter because mm-hmm. I remember my fiance was waiting to watch something on TV and I'm like ah, it's still going they gotta get to 157. And I'm like, this is just kind of an interesting. Did you format. ever think
1: like there was a point? I think there was 143 to 141 or something. Where it's like, are they ever going to get above 150? Because yeah. the way they were playing and they looked tired, it, uh, extremely they, tired. They played through it. There were no commercial breaks, which mm-hmm. was was awesome. But that was something where in the first half they had a ton of commercials, a long halftime. Yeah. Because oh. I paused it. I I think I I'm going to say I went to the gym and paused it <laughs> and then came back and it was still seriously the time I was gone at the gym. I, air quotes the gym, I came back and it was uh, it was still halftime. So well, a lot of that was because of that. And I was,
0: as a Greedy Suns fan, when it was like 141 to 141 for like a, a decade, it felt like, like put Booker in the game. No, put some of these guys he... in the game. I, I know that they wouldn't, but yeah. I I wanted, I hoped that they would. Because yeah. I'm like, dude, like
1: 15 points is a lot of points. If he wasn't over for, I think he was over for 4 from 3. If he wasn't over for 4 from 3, then maybe... Yeah, they were so, they
0: were jacking him up yeah. all over the place. All right, so you ready for my conspiracy? Yes. That's, okay. This is cool. All right, so prior to the game, before the whole weekend happened, and, and Booker was snubbed, who did we feel he was snubbed for?
1: Oh, I I like where you're going here, Chris Paul. Right? Correct. Oh, okay. I know what you're gonna say, okay. but go ahead and say it.
0: So. Before the game began, I was watching the pregame show and they had the players mic'd up, right? So the TNT guys are talking to different players, Donovan Mitchell, you know, as they're like shooting hoops and they're just kind of bullshitting with the TNT guys. And one of them was Chris Paul. And Chris Paul was mentioning how he proposed the new all-star game format to Adam Silver. Oh, okay. Busted. Oh. That's it right there. That's how he got in.
1: You think so? Oh yeah, he,
0: he earlier in the season or when yeah. you know whenever they decided to change the format, whether you know I don't know if it was after Kobe's death uh-huh. or whatever it was, Chris Paul went down. was like, hey, like here's this way that we could do this to where it could benefit charities and we could play to 24 points. All of a sudden, Chris Paul's an all star.
1: Okay, conspiracy.
0: Just that was it good. Out there. I thought you
1: were actually going to go a different way okay. because for my it was All Star Saturday Night when I saw the first commercial for State Farm. And it was the whole Cliff Paul where you have uh, Carlton from Fresh yeah, Prince. Yeah. I don't know his real name, but he was in it. So Alfonso I'm like, oh. Alfonso something or other. remember when they did that with Cliff Paul? I think it was, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was when Cliff Paul and Chris Paul were in the State Farm commercials. Yes, yes. And then, um, so I was like, okay, so that's why Chris Paul had to get in so they can sell State Farm, yeah, the do sponsor- the commercials. Because if he's not in the All-Star game, then this makes no. Why is he pulling up in his car if you've seen the commercials, why is he mm-hmm. pulling up in his car to the All Star game? To He's the All Star yeah, it. you're right. So no, it's all about another it's conspiracy, all, yeah. and that's probably part of it.
0: I guarantee you, it is. No, because it is. when it comes to the reserve players, you know the coaches vote on it, but who has final say? Adam Silver, exactly. So are you going to pick Devin Booker, who's having a great season, but plays for a struggling franchise, or a guy who is a State Farm representative, who is a big sponsor, yes, of big, the NBA, huge. and even the NFL, and huge. also the guy who comes up with the format for the NBA all-star yep. game scoring structure. He's going to go with Chris Paul. Yeah. So maybe Dame Lillard heard about it and was like, uh, uh-uh, uh I'm not letting uh, that happen on my like watch. My groin hurts air yeah. quotes. It's like, well, Matthew you going to the fake. gym, everyone knows that's fake. So. Oh yeah. He just wanted to rest and, and hook up his boy book. I think so too. So, But that's it. Do you have anything else on the All-Star game you want to talk about? Again, uh, I feel like well, it was I mean, a decade like, ago. Do you want to talk
1: about just the experience that Book had, how it brings it to the team a little bit? Without a
0: doubt, I think that Devin Booker going and experiencing that, coming back to the Phoenix Suns, he's a more matured player. He went into there like a, a, a pre-teen adolescent, and he's leaving a man. He got to be around that whole experience, and not just like he's been in the past. He's been in what, two or three three-point contests prior to this? He's been around the weekend, yes. Now he's in the locker room. Now he's in the photo shoots. Now he's standing in line. Have you ever stood in line and you just get to know the people around you just because you've been standing in line? I was in the Army, so it's like it's hurry up and wait. So I got to know everybody around me because we're all just standing around bullshitting. He's doing that, but he's doing that with superstars in the NBA. That's naturally going to rub off some sort of maturity, don't you think?
1: Yeah. um, The only thing, it's weird. I kind of had a different take on this. And I'm probably wrong. Okay. Okay. But this is how I felt when book was in the game. It, it's a totally new experience for him. He was actually an all star. He wasn't like we said in the Saturday night stuff. But for me, I felt like when he was on the court, everything was so fast. He oh, got to yeah. see firsthand where these players. This is how you have to play. This is the pace that you need to play, and how hard you got to play. The to intensity win, to actually win this yes. league and i and i feel like maybe it didn't this is just me the intensity was like holy shit like i've been in phoenix and i've been pat, part of a bad franchise for a while we haven't won and i think it's everyone else around me and i think um i'm the greatest player in phoenix which he is he's the he best is. player yes but it's like holy crap i had to go to this level to mm-hmm. get my team to where it needs to be different and it yeah. reminded me cuz someone else was talking about i think it was I think it was, of course, we always go back to Bill Simmons. He was talking about Jason Tatum when he actually was training with uh, Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Or was it? No, no. It was LeBron. He was talking about LeBron and how I think it was an offseason where he spent it with Kobe Bryant. He's like, holy crap. This is what I have to do to get my team to the next level. Yeah, And that was like, those were like, I think it was like right after the Cleveland years. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this is it. And that's what I felt like, that's what I saw in Booker's face. Cause I was like, this is different. I don't just the way he was playing, and it wasn't. It wasn't like I don't belong here. It was just like no. It was a different level, and I love to see that because it just shows our franchise as a whole how much work we have to do. Because mm-hmm. when you see the representatives from other teams on that court that are dominating, and you see their records, it's like, yeah, this is what it takes, man. Yeah. So I don't it, know if that makes sense. No, it's it just, does.
0: Him being around that level of competition yeah. and that that pace, that ferocity and that intensity is something that is earned every day, yes. every possession. And him seeing that, and yeah, he did kind of have an "oh shit" look on his face. He did at times, not an "oh shit, I don't belong here," just like it's it's well, it's, it's like when you see a linebacker who played in college. And then he's going into the pros, and you watch him as a rookie, and he's just a step slower at everything because mm-hmm. the game moves that much faster. It's the same kind of experience Devin Booker had In there.
1: This, this kind of went into the US thing this offseason, just really mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. He's part of the 40 man roster right now. Yep. But I think he kind of got a glimpse of, like, I don't even know if I can make the team or even compete for a position because these guys, it's a different level. It's just, it's weird to see it just because it's like, I'm watching it through Devin Booker's eyes because we're the Suns. Yes. We are the Suns. So it's like you kind of have to go through the progressions with him. It's, it's, Agreed. because remember, like with the Steve Nash era, it was like everything's so easy. It's like now we're back to like ground level. Grinding we're grinding like, it out. Gotta grind it. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, um, good for book.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of good for book, here's a fun fact for you, okay? Devin Booker is now undefeated in all star games donovan mitchell has never won one
1: yeah i saw that
0: how about them apples
1: <laughs> but it's funny because we brought up the chris paul thing but i feel like donovan mitchell was the one where booker should have been over that guy
0: no i agree
1: yeah it's yeah. only because utah has a great record great well, exactly. team and you players know players that have Rudy been there gobert was there so yeah that should have been enough and gobert fucking showed up yeah <laughs> he really did
0: he did he had an outstanding game Uh, In other NBA news, before we get into the recap of this week and how the Suns played, Kyrie Irving's now the VP of the Players Union. Do you have any thoughts on that weird news?
1: Well, when I first heard about it, I thought it was just something like to keep him occupied. Something where it's just like, yeah, Kyrie, handle this. (laughs) You can do this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just stop talking to the media. Um, The only opinion I really have on it, though, really, is just, There's just a side of the players that we don't see as fans. The media doesn't see from their side. Because he was voted. He was voted in. So it's just like we talk so much shit about these players. It's like, what the hell are you doing? What are you talking about this? Why do you have an opinion about this? Like that's not true. Like we so quickly to like execute these players are to assassinate their character. Assassinate their character. And basically it just shows that it's a different world they live in. Mm-hmm. And the respect that he probably gets from the players, just like KD probably does too as well, even though we think they're like a little bit crazy at times, it just shows that they have more respect within the the player community where he's earned it. I mean, that's all I can think is he's earned it because the players actually respect him. And Booker's even talked about in the past about him and Kyrie being good friends and the talk about their teams and how... They wish they not that I wish they had better players, but just like they're kind of in the same circumstance where they need to be at a championship level and they don't know what it takes, something like that. But mm-hmm. I just think it's he's earned it. So I don't know. What do you think about it? Uh when I first hear heard it, I laughed. Yeah, you know, I thought it was kinda because
0: like, you know. I mean again, my perception of Kyrie Irving is one of hysterics. He's very incoherent in his thoughts. He's very rant I wouldn't want him on my team. He's very vocal, and he doesn't make a lot of sense with his vocalizations. He's very pro-team, and th- then he'll bash the team. I've used this phrase a lot, and it, you know, schizophrenic. He's got yeah. a schizophrenic social media or, or a, a schizophrenic relationship with the media, so that's what I know of him. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. It gives him something to do because he's out for the season, so it's mm-hmm. a good way to kind of occupy his, his mind, uh, but that's all I really have. How does it affect the Suns? It doesn't. It doesn't, but it's. But it was NBA news, an and I thought I would bring it up
1: because we we see so much of what the players say, but we don't see what the media is behind the cameras, behind the microphone. Mm-hmm. They're very, very different people, and they're very, very sinister in a way. I don't know. I, well, they're they're, pro- they're, they're prodding they're probably, for content. All of them are not good people. So it's just like, how are we to judge what Kyrie is from their own mics? I, that's what I. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay.
0: So I guess that's Kyrie. So the All Star break is a long period of time. Is there anything else you have before we start talking about the games that actually happen in Week 18?
1: Um, just one more thing that kind of like ties into the whole Booker being snub thing in the All Star break. Okay. I was listening to uh, the no, the No Dunks podcast. It's a basketball podcast um, by the Athletic. Uh huh. And they were talking about Steve Nash, and someone sent in a question basically saying that Steve Nash is kind of underappreciated and how he how he uh isn't really shown like um on rankings and stuff just as being a top 10 point guard
0: he's appreciated in phoenix yeah he is but
1: like what two time mvp didn't yeah. make the finals but why is he not on that level and someone brought up the points like cuz when he was drafted into the nba he never had that stardom right away he never had that attention like a zion oh, or yeah. you know lebron so it's like the thought came into my head about booker just being is this guy not going to get the attention because of the way he was drafted. I know he was in Kentucky and they Mm -hmm. won supposedly some stuff, but just him being drafted in the middle of the middle of the first round, not really having the expectations. Do you think that's going to play a big role into the future of Booker? Like being snubbed, not just from the all-star game, but like if this game, if this team ever gets bigger or better, is he still going to be snubbed as like an MVP, a first-team All-NBA? It just it made me think about him a little bit.
0: Uh, I do. I honestly do. And I don't think it's because of his play or any fault of his own. It's the Phoenix market. It's just not a sexy market for the you don't NBA. don't think so? Still? I don't. I mean, we'll think about it. I mean, Steve Nash won two MVPs. Yeah, Those were revolutionary teams, and he still doesn't get the proper respect. Nothing's going to happen to bookers respect level around the nba amongst the media the players have it and he and he has their love respect and admiration the media which is the one who gets people into the first team nbas and the second team nbas none of that's going to change until some a deep playoff run really occurs Mm -hmm. and here's my example dame lillard dame lillard is a phenomenal talent in portland and he really didn't get the respect that he deserved until he started winning basketball games. Okay, Steve Nash did get some re- did get respect, but again, you look at primary, secondary, and tertiary markets in the NBA, and then you look at like the Minnesotas and, and uh, the Wisconsin or the uh, Milwaukee's <laughs> of the world. Okay, yeah. So primaries like New York and L.A. Okay, Those are the, the two big ones. And Chicago. I'd throw Chicago in there. Those are your, 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 your primary ones. You look at secondary markets, and I feel like that's kind of where Phoenix yeah, but wants to live. But, we, but due to the fact that we don't have any success, we're not there. Your secondary exactly. markets are your Dallas, your Miami, your Brooklyn, those places, to where there's just a lot of media there. Phoenix is a huge city and has a lot of very, very loyal Suns fans. But until the Suns start winning and Booker starts winning, he's not going to get that respect. Yeah. You have those tertiary markets like Phoenix, Portland, and you have to win in order to get that respect. And that's what Dame did, and that's what I feel like Booker needs to do. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense, but Steve Nash did win. So all, all I'm saying is like even now, like they talk about Steve Nash, how he won two MVPs and carried a team like Phoenix to where they did and couldn't get over the hump. Like I just I kind of see a little bit of a parallel where it already is starting with Booker with the All Star stuff, mm-hmm. and I guess you're right. I mean, until they win, we won't know. So yeah, I just win, thought it was interesting. winning.
0: Winning cures all. Yeah I, yeah, I definitely see the parallel, but again, the difference is one won and one hasn't won yet. Yeah, and also you look at the state of the NBA when Steve Nash was playing. Who were the best guards in the West back then?
1: Tony Parker. Okay. Um, JJ Barea. Yeah <laughs> right. Yeah, Jason Kidd ish. You know, but right. look at
0: the guards now. We're a guard centric league. Yes. When when Nash was winning MVPs, Shaq is one of the best players in the league. Okay, you have Kobe. You have the two the 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 two guards who are out there lining up. I mean, now how many Dwayne gu- Ray, yeah. dude Dwayne with every LeBron James? Yeah. I mean, everybody in the league now is a guard. Is is no, You're totally you know, right. So I mean, again, different time periods. Uh, and I don't know why I went on that whole rant. No, but. that was good.
1: No, <laughs> I mean we should be able to. We don't have a an hour, you know, airtime only. I don't know. What Dude, time we could talk for four hours if we want but, to, uh, man. No, that was good. We've
0: been slamming these beers, so I mean.
1: So I already saw though um Booker did put his house up for sale. What would you think about that though? I mean, nothing. Whatsoever. We don't have to talk. Yeah, me neither. No, I just want to go over here's there why. really Here's quick. why. I'll tell you why. Because it's a from inside house sources. From what? <laughs> 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 From inside, what'd you say? <laughs> it's a shitty $4 billion house. Yeah, whatever. $4 million house.
0: <laughs> From inside sources, he was selling that house as a real estate investment. He has a new house down the street in Paradise Valley that's like $5.7 million. Mm-hmm. So his brother, I think, works in real estate. So his brother was attached to the sale. So it's a way for his brother to make some money. Oh, really so awesome. So it's really Plus, it's, it's a no new big place. deal. You got
1: to get a new place, man. You can't be at the same he's place. He's an star now. Out. No, he's on Twitch. You can't be in the same place. You, Twitch no, now. Heck
0: no. All right, we ready for our week 18 recap?
1: Let's get back into it.
0: Okay, so here we go. Suns, one and one on the week in week 18. That puts them at 23 and 34 on the year, 13th seed in the Western Conference. Through 57 games in the previous two seasons, in 2017, they were 18 and 39. And last year in 2018, they were 11 and 46. So much improvement over the last two years, especially last year. Mm -hmm. We look at week 18. Again, only two games due to the All-Star break, that long layover that we all experienced. And our first game back, we played the defending NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors, and the Suns lose 118-101. to And I got to ask you, how did it feel watching a team that really doesn't have any superstars play as a team? Um, Or maybe they do have superstars.
1: yeah, it's, yeah, because honestly, I think Siakam, early this season, he was going to be an MVP candidate. I think he still is. Mm-hmm. But dude, when you win a championship, and unless you're the Florida Marlins, and you keep the same players, you're going to have that confidence, man, to where it doesn't matter who... Okay, Kawhi left, but it's not like LeBron leaving, where LeBron leaves a team and they it's only win 10 games the next year. It's a black year. hole when he leaves. Yeah, because they won a lot of those games. I know Kawhi was a big factor, mm-hmm. but... You got still got a Baca uh Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. He 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 brought it back last year he started off really slow. He mm-hmm. came back in the playoffs, killed it. This year he's still playing good. Kyle Lowry.
0: Oh yes, Kyle. Uh, Mike Lowry.
1: Mike Lowry. <laughs> he's still got that confidence to where he um it's just like I hate to use this word, but it's just like the swagger. I'm gonna whisper it. The swagger that they have. They seriously do have it. Like they do. They do. And they're they're they win sixteen out of seventeen. Like that's they know what it takes to get it done. That's like my very first point to this game. The thing I see in the Suns where they need to overcome. So it's just being scared. And I went through, we always reference Bill Simmons. I feel like anybody doing an NBA podcast <laughs> references Bill Simmons. This is why we start doing these because of a guy like him.
0: No, he's, he's great.
1: So I went back to, to the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast and I was listening to his interview, him and Kobe Bryant and Jalen Rose. Mm-hmm. Kobe, they asked him like on your championship run, what was like the most difficult series you had? And they brought up Sacramento. Remember that year of oh, playing yeah. Sacramento? Oh yeah. He's Pesky. like Yeah, he's like, I have no idea how we won that. He's like, we should have lost that series. Luck. And he's like, the only thing you can think of is just being there before, having that confidence. And what the other side of that is Sacramento's scared. They don't know how to get over that hump. That's what I see in this Phoenix Suns team, because when they came back when they almost came back you can kind of see that like uh oh, we shouldn't be here and then they yeah. then they hop back. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's I know it's not a championship game or it's like not in the playoffs but it's still a team that's been there before. They know how to finish these games but the Suns don't. And the biggest difference to me is just being scared.
0: No, I agree. It's tough to come back after that All-Star break and you play a team that is just so well coached just has the right culture in place because that's what Toronto has. They were tenacious. They didn't stop. They hustled on every play, and they just kept coming at the Suns. And the Suns kind of had that look on their face that just didn't know how to withstand the uh, the storm, if you will. Uh, when I look at this game, I'm gonna I'm, I've talked about this in multiple podcasts, and I'm gonna bring it up again because it happened at the end of the first quarter. Pascal Siakam hit a buzzer beater to end the first. <laughs> yeah. Or well, there was two seconds left, you know, but it's, it's still a pre- buzzer it, it pretty much is. So I. I finally did the research, okay?
1: You actually did
0: it. I, I, I finally the research did. we
1: always wanted to do. I think someone put it on Twitter, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> How many times has the opposition hit a shot with three seconds or less left on the clock this season in a quarter? Could I guess? I finally did the research.
1: What's your guess? 19.
0: 19. So there's been 57 games. Your guess is 19. Yes. All right. You ready? Do you want me to read every one?
1: Hmm, should we ask the listeners? Well, but. we'll just see
0: how far I get before I start slurring. Okay. All right. Montrezl Harrell, uh, a putback to end the third quarter on October 26th versus the Clip Show. D'Angelo Russell to end the first half on October 30th at the Warriors. Al Horford with a three to, to end the first on November 4th versus Philly. Al Horford with a three to end the second on November 4th versus Philly. <laughs> Tobias Harris with a layup to end the third, November 4th, versus Philly. That one game, there's three buzzer beaters against the Suns. Scoring Goran Drogic with a 29-foot three-pointer to end the third on November 7th, versus Miami. Karis Levert with a running bank shot to end the first on November 10th, versus Brooklyn. Kyle Marshall Mathers-Kuzma with a runner to end the first on November 12th, versus the Lakers. Jabari Parker with a three to end the first on November 14th versus the Hawks. Kemba Walker with a driving layup to end the first half on November 18th versus (laughs) Celtics. (laughs) Dwayne Dedman with a turnaround fadeaway to end the first on November 19th at Sactown.
1: Only one day later? Yes.
0: No. I'm telling you, like we've talked about this all
1: season on the podcast, like
0: how painful these buzzer beaters are, and and is it strange, or are we just imagining things? Carl Anthony Towns with a three at the end of the game on November 23rd in Minnesota. It didn't matter because the Suns won by two. Jokic with a put-back layup as time expired to end the first half on November 24th at Denver. Wesley Iwundu, with a layup to end the first on December 4th at Orlando. Evan Fournier with a layup to end the second on December 4th in Orlando. Jacob Potl with a putback to end the third on December 14th versus Spurs in Mexico City. Patty Mills iced the game in Mexico City. Wow. Uh It still goes on and on and on. And I'm not going to continue to read them anymore. No,
1: because you've only been game to game to game to game to game. So it's happened every game. So 57 times.
0: In 57 games so far this season, it's happened 34 times against the Suns. Oh, my God. 34 times it's happened. 34 times. I literally went back and the end of every quarter analyzed it. And then just to verify, I watched the video to see when it was. Three seconds are left. Thank you. Thank you. You, you deserve it. It was a oh. rainy day in Phoenix. It gave me something oh to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's the fun thing. How many times do you think the Suns have hit buzzer beaters?
1: Four times.
0: I, no. <laughs> it feels like that, though, doesn't it? Never. 23 times. Oh, really? 23 times. Wait. Who do you think has the most buzzer beaters made for the Suns? Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre easily. You
1: know what I was thinking, too, when you brought this up? It's, it's, it's not more of a buzzer beater. It's just like get a good playoff in the, in the time that's allowed. So yes. I feel like teams are just executing it, and it has something to do with the Suns just being like, you know what, they only have this much time. Yeah, it's well, gonna be a hassled shot, so let's just yeah. not foul them. We're
0: we're gonna let we're gonna play lax defense, and then the to- yeah. thirty four times we've been taken advantage from. Oh, and I, beautiful. I I didn't get a chance, but I almost went back and said. Of those thirty-four times, how many times did we end up winning the game, or how many times did we end up losing the game? Because that'd be an interesting statistic oh, it as would well. Be, yeah. So tune in next week. Maybe I'll have that. All right, maybe. But again, Kelly Oubre has six buzzer beaters this season. Number two on the team is tied between Devin Booker and Ellie AkoBo.
1: Yikes, that's gross.
0: Yeah. So again, it was uh, <laughs> a Pascal Siakam hit a buzzer beater. Yeah. It drove me crazy to the point where I literally, for like an hour, was just looking at every yeah. game this season. And coming back from the break, the Suns still couldn't hit the three. This was our worst three-point shooting night of the entire season. Six for 34. 17.6% from deep. Gross. Gross. You know, like after all that time off, I get it. You're going, you're relaxing. You're probably not thinking about basketball for a few days. You know what? Pick it up and practice some threes, man. Like, why can't we... But, yeah. Like, like the Suns will shoot 70% from downtown one game and shoot, like, 20% the next. Mm-hmm. There's no consistency. Because you look at it, they're shooting, like, 34%. They're number 23 in the league in three-point shooting. Because I every time we have a bad night, I go, I'm like, dude, we got to be, like, the bottom three teams. No, we're number 23. We're not great, but we're still okay. It's the, Then I looked at the percentages. I'm like, oh, it's because one game we do great, and then the next three we just suck ass. Yeah. And this was one of those games where we... Really sucked ass at shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Four of our threes were blocked in the first half. Like, hashtag pump fake. <laughs> yeah. Like, pump fake. These mm-hmm. guys are flying at you. Like, Dario Sarge, just throw a little pump fake. That guy's going to
1: go flying in the yeah. third row, shoot man. Shoot 18-footer. Yeah. 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 Take two steps in and shoot an 18-footer where you should. Yeah. But you say that like they don't practice. They do. Because in the gym, you can hit threes all day in the gym. When you're an NBA player... If you come to my school and you're teaching my kids how to shoot, you're making every fucking shot in there. <laughs> but in a game, it's all mental. And that's the whole thing with this team is just how young they are and just how mentally like incapable they are to like get over that hump to get those consecutive like we talked about Booker. It took him four years to get to where he is now to be to consistent. To be consistent, yeah. So this team is seriously just needs to have that rotation in place, which Monte still doesn't have for some reason, even on the all-star break, and just have those dudes that can come in and knock threes down i just i'm just saying it's all about the consistency and just doing it day after day after day game after game after game when things are switched up so much i think it's just tough for the team especially when um, a bunch of players are coming back from injury so well and, and speaking
0: of that point on the rotations this is another thing that frustrates me Please, perhaps i have a quote and, too and this is the fact that elia kobo is the first off the bench for for monty again he was a negative 11 on the game. Carter was a plus 7. When Carter came in this game in the third quarter, he changed the game. Kyle Lowry, who was flipping and flopping and bitching and moaning yes. the whole game, all of a sudden had a dude in his grill.
1: He could barely make it past half court. No, he couldn't. It was he like He couldn't Ty breathe. Jerome. Yeah. He it's was like playing Ty, Ty Jerome.
0: Ty Jerome always has like 10 guys on him somehow yes. when he's coming up the court. That's how Kyle Lowry felt yesterday mm-hmm. when we were playing the Raptors with Carter on him. Why can't... Monty, just make that adjustment and just commit. You got to commit to one of these guys. We got to stop doing this like triple platoon. Behind and you know Rubio. which guy it is. It's
1: Carter. But can I can I read a quote? Please, I had to this game. Please. Oh my God. Basically, the quote was about the rotations. Monte just said they were not great and he needs to get back into no rhythm. Shit. He needs to get back into rhythm after the All Star with having people back in the rotation. But it was like you've had these guys on your team. They're not players you just signed. So you his, know they're So game. his
0: quote was pretty much saying, hey, as a coach, I've got to get into rhythm as to when and where I'm going to put these guys in. Like, that's it, yeah. what he's saying? And especially the it's second. game 57, especially, bro. especially the
1: second unit. I'm sorry. You have four guys in your second unit. You, <laughs> and you got Javon Carter coming in and should have won you the game. Yeah. And we talked about the All-Star game where those players were tired. Yeah. You can't play Javon Carter the whole fourth quarter. This guy never plays more than 20 minutes a game. Let him finish the game with Booker. Like, Rubio was having an off night. Oh, yeah. Leave Javon. At, yeah. Who, I've always said, if they're winning you the game, keep them in the game. Exactly. Until they're
0: thrown up on the sideline, man. Yes. Like, seriously, this is a... You... Somehow, someway, the Suns came back in this game. And the somehow, some way was Javon Carter's defense. Yes. They went on a 15-0 run. They got back in the game. And then once we changed the rotations, it all went to hell again. Because the defense was gone. Defense is what's gonna help this team win. You need those defensive players like Mikel Bridges, like Javon Carter in there playing. And if he's not out there with a broken leg and just be like, yo, take me out, like leave him in, man. He was yeah. winning you that ball game.
1: So you yeah, and you're telling me like as a coach, you're costing us games because you don't know the rotation yet. Like I know. This isn't we, we game never, this isn't game twenty. Yeah, dude. we're not blaming like we never really blame the coach, but you have to think, like, when you're when you have a team out there that's even killing the first unit of the Raptors mm-hmm. and you they can't do anything on offense and you take those guys out with 8 minutes left in the fourth or whatever it was yeah it's like i don't understand it i don't i don't get it i would keep them in the whole game
0: well just to finish the point on this game you can see why toronto is a great team they have great three point shooting great off the ball baseline cutting yeah, they, they did do. that left they and right do. and what was interesting is booker caught onto that and he started to cut and was getting wide open shots as he cut towards the lane because that's where Rubio can hit him. Yeah, and they they do that on every play. So if one guy's got the ball and he's working with another guy in a two man guy uh, a two man game, the other three guys, every one of them is doing something. This it's not this stand and watch them. Oh, uh, they contested everything. They contested every damn thing. And what all that comes down to is the fact that they hustle every possession. That's coaching. That's yes. the culture of that team. That's them saying we don't take a fucking playoff. The Suns take too many plays. They off. They do. You know, it's like okay, this is the play where I get to stand in the corner. There was no guys just standing in the corner in that game in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So
1: no, you don't see it. You don't. You don't. The thing you don't see is their star yelling at other players like, "Why weren't you there? Like, why are you not hustling every the, second? You never don't see need, that." They don't need to because they're hustling because every they know what damn to do. second.
0: So let's uh, let's take a break real quick.
1: All right, and we're back.
0: So, the second game of week number two was the Suns going into Chicago, where Devin Booker was just a week prior for All-Star Weekend, and beating the Bulls 112-104. to This is one of those games that y- you leave with a victory over a team that you should beat, but you still kind of feel a little frustrated. Mm. I mean, the Bulls played us much harder than we should, mm-hmm. and it comes down to the same thing we always run into with the Suns. Who's going to go off on the other team tonight that probably shouldn't? Tonight it was Colby White. Mm-hmm. This guy had, what, 33 points tonight? Uh, you look at the Suns. They really, what, what their saving grace was, was the same thing that it was in Toronto, was the fact that they had a very, very strong third quarter. And they outscored them by 13 points in the third. And then held on and then won 112-104. to 104. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on the, the Suns versus Bulls game that we watched tonight?
1: You saw a lot of just the youth in this team man cuz the biggest thing to me is when you're facing this team I know it's a back to back but you can see where the Suns will get up a kind of a comfortable lead to where it's like 8 points, 10 points mm-hmm. and they think like oh we figured it out we're going to yep. we're, we're going to cruise through this yeah. cuz we deserve this yeah and they don't they fall back again and this happens throughout the whole season so I don't know where the mentality comes in still where we keep talking about this where the Suns are getting comfortable and they think they're in a spot in a game where they're just going to take over. Like they have, they do. They're, they're the better team. We have the All-Star. Mm-hmm. We have DeAndre Ayton. And we have, re- even Ricky Rubio is better than any player on that team. Mm-hmm. But still, they, they think they deserve and they think they can win these games without actually playing.
0: That's what it looks like, because they they come out, they don't have that intensity that they should. They just played a, a championship team the night before. They saw what greatness looks like. They come out they're like, oh, well, we're playing the Bulls. They're not that yes. good. And it appears, at least as a fan watching the game, that they have a laxadaisical attitude about it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that second half that they really lit a fire. I mean, yeah. you look at some of the final stats on this game. Devin Booker ended with 29 points. DeAndre Ayton, 28 and 19. 10 offensive rebounds ricky rubio had a double double with 18 and 11 and overall it was just a balanced attack from the phoenix suns that ultimately ended up winning the game for him is they started hitting the bulls the way they should have the whole game with all members of the team and yes. all facets of the game they don't need one guy to go crazy against the bulls to beat them they just need every guy to play well yep. And once they started doing that they put them away
1: and it's one of those games where it's like, thank God we're playing the Bulls. Yes. Because it is exactly that game.
0: Yes. Because there were shots that the Bulls would take The or, last or two turnovers. minutes by the Bulls yeah. were the Suns last year. Yeah. That is a the Suns they look team like, They look like clowns.
1: Year. And a big thing too is the team that got us into the game against Toronto, the Suns team, was the bench, was Javon Carter. Yep. So I don't want to hear that the Suns team was tired because I, I didn't look at the minutes. But the players that were actually playing their asses off to get us back into the game was the bench unit. Mm-hmm. So for the Suns to say, Oh, we're retired, you know, it was a long flight, whatever, any of that, I just I don't they didn't say that. I don't think they never will probably well they wouldn't but because it's not a long to me, flight from Toronto. To me Chicago. there's Chicago. Exactly. But the to me they're telling me that. They're telling me like, you know this is not this is just not gonna be our night again. And it's just tough because when you have a team like Memphis too, who lost two games already, mm-hmm. they're gonna have injuries, they're they're still a really young team. They're in the eighth seed. Yeah, and they're like, 500 sh- right show now. Show the NBA, you are better than this team, and you can win these games. And you can go 500 and have a chance, or more than that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You, you have an opportunity here, and just don't let these games get away from you. And they almost did.
0: But at it the end of the happened. day, a win's a win, and that's what they walked out of that's Chicago true, yes. with tonight. Yeah. So uh, week 18, again, they went one on one and one, and that's what we thought that they were going to do. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know? <laughs> I'm mean, so...
1: Dude, it's it's just... It's tough, man. Because you want to see excellence and... Oh, of course. It's not going to happen this year, of course. But I don't know.
0: As long as we're taking those baby steps. Because again, DeAndre Ayton, you felt like he wasn't really having a good game yeah. because he was missing a lot of layups and he got a lot of offensive rebounds off of his own missed shots. And then you look at the box score and you're like, I forget that DeAndre Ayton dominates the stat sheet. And again, I mean, he, there's so much promise with this guy. And he's going to be a great part of our future going forward oh, as yeah. long as he continues to develop. And you see nights like tonight, and thank you, DeAndre, for, for shutting down the interior. You know, After they called a couple bullshit calls on him, yeah. he, he buckled down and he played accordingly. So a uh, couple other notes I have on the week. It was a short week, so I don't have too many observations about the Suns to talk about. Uh, I'll ask you this question. Looking at the remaining schedule, which according to tankathon.com, the Suns have the 12th toughest strength of schedule left. Where do the Suns end up? What seed do you see them ending up in?
1: Um, well, I saw that Vegas 2 had us. They they moved us up to 34 and a half games. Or was it 32 and a half? Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, sorry. I think they moved us up to 32 and a half. So okay. They moved us up because they saw maybe a little bit of like, oh, they're actually kind of decent. Because it was 29 and a half yes. this year. Um, I do see the Suns finishing ninth or 10th. Okay. I do. Getting close I, enough I, to that eight see, seed. I see the push. I see the Memphis team falling back and not making the playoffs. I see... Another team uh, passing them, it's probably not going to be the Suns. Dude, I could see the Pelicans uh, doing it. That's exactly where I was going because, <laughs> dude, oh, man, that team is what just prime, bro. A team.
0: Imagine them as the eight seed playing the Lakers of the one seed, like LeBron versus fun. Zion. I'm, um, I, I, who I, wants I tune more, in for that us shit. Us
1: or Adam Silver, like you, you, you <laughs> have to have them as eight seed. I don't know. Maybe
0: he'll go ask Chris Paul. and, uh, yeah. and get his permission. <laughs> oh, he's already
1: in the playoffs. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I say nine, ninth or tenth. What do you think, man?
0: I think right there, I think number 10, you know, we're the 13th seed right now, but we're a half game out of the 12th seed behind Sacramento. I do see a push. I do look at the remaining schedule and it's about a 500 run between teams that are really tough and teams that we should beat. You know, you're going to lose a couple of those games that you should uh, win and you'll probably win one of the ones that you shouldn't, but I see the Suns ending at a 10 seed, which kind of brings me to my next question for you. With the 10th seed, you're going to get obviously a lottery pick. And who knows what that pick's going to end up being, given the weight of the new NBA draft uh, lottery weight. <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, but do you think it's too early to ask you this question about the draft? Yes. I've looked at a couple... <laughs> well, I'm still going to ask it. There's been yes. a couple mock drafts out there that have the Suns taking University of Arizona freshman point guard and the pride of Pinnacle High School... Uh, Nico Mannion. Is that the redheaded kid? D- yeah. Do you have uh, any thoughts on this? Have you seen him play? No,
1: I've not watched any college basketball. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: What's What's funny is, as much as I love the NBA, I don't watch any college basketball. No not, one does I, anymore. I, I do in the tournament time just because I'm a red blooded oh, yeah, American. Because you got money on it. But, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. You know, That's but American. I'll really start to research. The players that are coming up in the draft around yeah. that time, because we'll be talking about those guys on the podcast. But I know who Nico Mannion is because he went to high school mm-hmm. probably about three miles from where have I that live. Pick,
1: though, yeah. Well, but he oh, could that's right. Cool. He could
0: he could drop.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think we'll have that pick at all. I think James Jones will be well, active. It's not like we're gonna get like a big huge contract or a big huge free agent. But I feel like we're gonna have to trade that pick to get something. Good to help us get another extra five wins next yeah, year. <laughs> I'm really big.
0: I'm really big on trading whatever draft asset we have and getting out of the business of draft picks. I'm tired. I was talking to somebody on Twitter the other day mm-hmm. about this because they're like, well, if we get a top three pick and we end up with LaMelo Ball, we're an automatic five seed. I'm like, yeah. what?
1: He's going to be good, though. I, think. He's, I, I don't I think disagree gonna really
0: that he's going to be good. But again, one, he's a six foot eight point guard. So I don't know how that's a need of the Suns or how that's Mm going to translate. But, you know, again, I don't know how adding somebody who's a point guard to this team automatically makes us a five seed. Like you still have to jump all those different teams. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, our stat of the week, the Phoenix Suns lead the league in free throw percentage at 82.1%. And they're second in the league in personal fouls drawn. You'd think this equates to a little bit more success for the Suns, huh?
1: You would think that, but actually watching the games, you realize that Booker draws a lot of fouls but doesn't get the free throws. And I feel like that's yeah. a lot of what the team does is we are saying, hey, we're shooting the ball, but we don't, and then yeah, take, yeah, it, like take it, it from the side. <laughs> they,
0: they don't have the continuation anymore, which is exactly, kind of bullshit. Yeah. So. Uh, we look at our Week 19 preview. Week 19 brings us four different games, two against winning teams, two against losing teams. So starting on Monday night, we are at the Jazz. Uh, the Suns have only played Utah once this season, losing 96 to 95 on October 28th, and this is going to be Ricky Rubio's triumphant return to the the land of Salt Lake City. And I guess the question I got for you on this game is: Are you looking forward to the Booker versus Mitchell matchup?
1: Not really. I don't look forward to these matchups because we end up losing them. So he's, no, I'm the, not. The
0: positivity I know on this podcast is, is at a 10.
1: Booker is better than Mitchell, but Mitchell yeah. plays on a much greater team. Right. So then that's going to push him to even, you know, he's going to hit those five-corner threes Mitchell in the fourth quarter to give the Utah the win. That's why that's how I see it. So, well, oh, I'm very looking positive.
0: forward to to Booker coming out and whooping his ass. Yeah, how about that one?
1: definitely. Yeah, I'm on the same side as you. Quick note. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a fan of
0: Jazz? No, I'm not. No, I I am. I like going to jazz bars. You've been to jazz bars? No. <laughs> like copper blues on jazz night. Oh, like, I hear see, good things. I haven't actually been.
1: That's yeah, I didn't even I didn't even know that was a jazz bar, actually. No, not really, but, I no, guess. Okay. The jazz bars I think of are like the little single tables with like the two chairs and you bring your hot date, she's wearing like a uh you know, one of those little uh uh spaghetti, spaghetti straps. straps. <laughs> She got dresses and then she sleeps with like the dude on stage. Oh, but the, that, oh that's a Sex and the City, uh, no, Sex and no, the City, and, and the dude
0: on stage is Ron Burgundy with his Yaz flu. Oh right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, after that game on Wednesday night, the Suns are playing at home. We start a homestand against the Clippers. We've won one against the Clippers and we've lost one against the Clippers this year. And I guess thinking about the Clippers, that brings me to an interesting question. Who do you think will represent the West in the NBA Finals? The Lakers, the Clippers, or someone else?
1: The Clippers are the Lakers. <laughs> it's hey. Lakers. Okay. I've Lakers it's from day one. You got two of the top three players in the NBA right now, man. Okay. Giannis I'm not gonna, I'm, Lebron. I'm
0: not not going to argue 80. with it. I I want the Clippers. I think. Yeah. I'm not. A no, big I one.
1: do too. But it's weird because. I really enjoy watching LeBron and AD. Yeah, and I hate the clip. I hate the Lakers. Always will, mostly because I hate their fans. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. honestly, I just I root for LeBron still. Even though he hides in the bushes away from the China stuff, I just I root for <laughs> LeBron.
0: I've never been the biggest LeBron fan. I'm not a huge AD fan after what he did to the New Orleans Pelicans because oh, that point. set a, pres- yeah. a precedent for other players. Yeah, and, what a you bitch. Know. I hate that. Guy. <laughs> But uh, I want the Clippers. I don't. Th- I think it's one yeah. of those two teams. I don't think you know Denver could be a dark horse. I just don't think that they have no, it. It's so. Lakers or Clippers. Uh, the next game following that is against the Pistons on Friday night. If you recall, we had that embarrassing loss to the Pistons on February fifth. This time we're going to be going against them. They're going to have no Andre Drummond and. Both the Morris twins are gone now. They're both they're in L.A. Oh, hell, so, yeah. so we don't have to go against Marcus or Mar- whichever one was whichever, on the Pistons. Yeah, I think one, it was Marcus. Yeah, yeah, Marcus, I think you're right. Yeah. So he's playing for the Clippers now. Yeah, the Markeith is now a Laker. Yeah. God, I want now. Now I want neither of those teams to go to the finals. Screw that's the Morris. Yeah, that's true. The last game of Week 19 is going to be versus the Warriors next Saturday night. This could be the final meeting of the season versus the defending Western Conference champs. The Suns are currently two and one against them on the season. This, the what's interesting about the Warriors is now they have Wiggins, they have Marquise Chris, and they have Dragon Bender on a 10-day contract. What do you think of old Dragon Bender over there?
1: Man, I miss that guy. I actually told you tonight, he's still 15 months younger than what Cameron Johnson is. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? 15 months the younger. The potential in that guy is, un- I really thought he was going to be good. And until the day we let him go, I was like, please let him stay, because I yeah. feel like there's something there. Just figure it out. Yeah, because something's there, but maybe being with the Warriors, because you saw Marquise is playing pretty decent with the Warriors. Yeah, because he's no one else is there. I mean, it's just him and a bunch oh, of. Oh yeah, whatevers. he is like the offense. It's like yeah, him and Wiggins. So that's true. It was kind of like when Josh Jackson used to play for us when Booker would take the second year, second half of the year off. Yeah, and Josh Jackson would just be throwing up twenty points a game, yeah. but it was worthless. Yeah, so cause... maybe that's what he's doing, but just don't sign him any longer, otherwise. Then I might start getting jealous. yeah, about Dragon that.
0: Bender's one of those guys who, again, still super young. I just wish that he when he first came into the league, the first like fifteen games as a son, he had a he had a chip on his shoulder. He had confidence. and for some reason, he lost that confidence. I don't know what it was. I don't know if the coach was telling, and I couldn't tell you which coach it was Jay Triano or Earl Watson or I don't know who it was, but they said, hey, man, just hang out back and shoot some threes. And he missed some, and he lost his confidence. And you know he used to take it right to the rack yeah. and had no problem doing it. He looked you know long and athletic, and then all of a sudden, once his confidence was gone, yeah. game over for even a his three dragon. point shooting was mm-hmm.
1: just like shoot, 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 no hesitation.
0: Yep. Well, that's it for the week eighteen recap and the week nineteen preview. Tune in this week. We got some really good podca- podcast coming out. We've got on Tuesday we're dropping our roster rundown podcast. A good look at the entire Suns roster and what we want the Suns to do and whether or not we think they'll even be here this time next year. (laughs) And then on Thursday, we're releasing my top three Phoenix Suns role players. So tune in for that. As always, thanks for hanging out with the Suns Report podcast. We hope you're enjoying these pods. I know that we are. Definitely. We like recording them. We like cracking open some beers and recording them. We hope you like listening to them. Again, if you have any questions or topics you want discussed on the next weekly recap, please just email us at thesunsreport at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at thesunsreport. You can hit us up on our Facebook page. No matter what, we will respond. We thoroughly enjoy engaging with all the listeners out there. Make sure that you're subscribing to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. That's the best way to get all that great Suns content. That includes a couple of idiots like us talking about the Suns as well as Justin and Paul over there on Fanning the Flames. They're putting out some fantastic content as well. I think it's time
1: for me to go grab another beer, brother. So, yeah, I'm out for the week. Take yeah. care. And just remember, if she dropped the wine bottle and it broke, don't worry. Just still go home and love your family. <laughs> All right, take care.